Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. That brings us on to our question tonight. And it is an unthinkable situation, really. I would say, you know, truly most of the world is kind of horrified. But there are some people who are also wondering something which is also worth asking. Why do we care so much? We see boats of migrants, illegal immigrants, refugees, whatever you want to call those human beings, capsize regularly near the Mediterranean and all those on board drowning. It's irrelevant what you think, by the way, of the immigration crisis. It's irrelevant what you think of refugees migrating around the world. That's all irrelevant to the question I'm asking you. They're still human beings, whether you like them, whether you don't like them. It's kind of all irrelevant. They're still human beings. And today we received a Facebook message saying that uh, just that from Paula in Galway. And she said what I think a lot of people are wondering, including, by the way, Vincent Brown, who's tweeted about it at the moment. And it says, Niall, I get that what is happening to these five rich people is awful. And I shudder to think about it. But what, why uh, don't we care like this when it comes to refugees? Honestly, why? All that money spent, and by the way, she mentions the money. I, I heard an estimate today of over $6 billion so far has been spent um, in relation to this particular rescue. That's the, the, that was the figure I heard today, $6 billion is the cost. I mean, the possible cost. When you, if you put everything that's been even donated for free and value it, it's about $6 billion. Man hours, all that kind of stuff. Saving those people when so many people who have already faced such difficulty in their lives are showing judgment and contempt. I despair at the world today, I do. We are losing our humanity. It is because they are powerful and rich. We believe their lives are worth more. Genuinely wondering what you think. Um, and I've heard people talk. Somebody said to me today, actually, she said they, what they said to me was, oh, you know, if, if they were black people, it would be different. You know, we'd be ignoring it. And I said, no, that's not the case at all. As far as I know, I don't even know what skin color the people are that are in the capsule. They may all be white, but that's, I don't think that's even a relevant factor. And I don't think that's the factor or a factor in why we seem to ignore what's happening in the Mediterranean sometimes. But I, I want to ask you, are some people's lives worth more than others? Should we be spending all this money saving these five people when it could be better spent on saving more people, fleeing war-torn countries, feeding starving people across the world? Or is that just a silly notion to suggest that? Why is this particular thing getting so much attention? Why? I mean, the whole world is watching this. There's hourly updates on the news. It's, it's five people. You know, hundreds of people die in an earthquake and it's kind of forgotten about the next day. Hundreds of people die or thousands of people die in tsunamis yearly. It's forgotten about the next day. It doesn't really get the coverage that this particular story is getting. It's trending on Twitter. It's trending on social media. It's on all the news stations. It's top story. Why? It is important. And I'm sure for the families of those five people, it's devastating. But Why? Why do you think some people's lives are worth more than others? The number is 087-188-0008. Am I wrong or am I right? The number is 087-188-0008. Now let me go to Padraig. Padraig, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. Greetings, Niall. Greetings, Padraig. Well, sir, all good in the hood. Why do you think this story is getting so much attention? Well, first of all, Niall, I think it's 
it's probably uh, this is probably an ego trip that has gone wrong, you know. Well, for the rich and the wealthy. Mm, yeah, well, uh, my uh, outlook on life, I'm sure, it's the same as your own. Uh, that uh, a road sweeper's what, what, a road sweeper's life is just as good as any prince or king anywhere in the world. I mean, at the end of the day, now we're all human. Yeah, but we all don't get the other. If the road sweeper, you know, is in trouble, he's not going to be on Sky News. Where if the Prince or King is in trouble, he is going to be on Sky News. I agree, I agree Niall. And this is the, the sick, sad world that we live in. Mm. Is, it, is, it, is it that it's intriguing? And somebody gave an analogy there today that if somebody told you, here's a book, it's about a man that died. You go, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, he just died in a submarine. Oh, okay, is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. You'd kind of go, all right, it's one chapter. But if somebody said to you, here's a book about five people who are still alive, but could probably die if, they're not get, if, they, if they don't get them in time, you might find that more intriguing, that it's the intriguing aspect of this, that everybody is rooting for them. Is, yeah. is, is that what, what, what this is more about? Like, if it was a case that five people died in a submarine three days ago, should the story be gone yeah. now? It wouldn't even be in the news anymore. Yeah, well, it's... It's it's about the rich and powerful again, Niall, isn't it? Really, it's technologies, the rich and powerful, and apparently these five individuals pay two hundred and fifty grand a pop for the privilege. And um, as yeah. regards the demographic, the demographics of the five, um, that they were they were they were a, a French man, an English man, a Scotch man, and apparently a Pakistani national with his son. That's the, the five, apparently, you know. Yep. Who would have had to pay a half a million for him and his son? Yep. But obviously, money was no object. But look, Niall, they, they, they knew that the, the, the risks apparently were very high in this particular situation. Uh, apparently, more dangerous than going to space, actually. So, I mean, why, why, why would you want to put yourself in this position? And now, with all these people trying to rescue these people, I mean, are they putting them in danger as well? Because I was listening to one of the networks last night, and I think it was Sky News, Niall, and the presenter said. Um, this uh, one of the intelligentsia uh, is this like looking for a needle in a haystack? And and the, the guy said no. It's actually it's even uh, even worse than looking for a le- uh, needle in a haystack. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a vast stretch of ocean, and you've got this three or four meter submarine in the middle of nowhere. So they don't have no idea. Yeah. It could be on the surface. If it's well, not on the surface, it's even worse. It's down. It's down below somewhere. It's five miles deep, six miles deep. Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. Apparently, now this. A few sounds have been heard. I was just looking at the, the news there. They, 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 they don't even know how true that is. No, no, I understand that. But the, yeah. the, the, the particular area that they're searching currently apparently is the size of monster. So put that in perspective, you know. Mm. Somebody else had they, the sounds that they heard were the SOS sounds. And now I don't know how true that is or whether that's just somebody fantasizing a little bit. But, you know, they're kind of SOS would you? By the way, yeah. if, if you were in a situation like that, Patrick, would you know what SOS? How to do the SOS sound? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually curious now. Would you know? Would you know what? Say that you're in that submarine, and they said, "There's a hammer. There's the side of the metal. The only way they're going to hear us is if we make some noise because the sonic detectors might well, pick no, that up." Would you know? Would you know how to do SOS? I wouldn't have a breeze now, but I, I, then I would put myself in this, in this position. Um, because why would you, even if you're, these people are super wealthy, as my wife said, if I was offered a million yo-yos, I wouldn't go down there. The, the risks, are, I mean, I, I just don't understand. Uh, 
I mean, these people, their, their families obviously are worried about them. These are rich people, so they still have families. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just about them. It's about families, extended families. And like, it really is, this has obviously gone wrong. And I really think, like I said, it's, it's an ego trip that's gone wrong. Unfortunately, these these people have more money than sense. And it looks as if it's not going to end very well now. Stay there a second, because Neve, how are you doing? How are you, Noel? How are you? Good. Neve, does, does it matter that they're rich? Because why is it getting so much attention? Is it, is it because they're rich or is it because it's intriguing? As I said already, you know, a few thousand people have died in the Mediterranean, fleeing countries and war and all sorts of things. Mm. And no matter what you happen to think about immigration or what your opinion is, they're still human beings. And that doesn't really get the news. We're kind of bored of that, no. aren't we? Well, it's not reported on, mm. in fairness. You know, we're not given the chance to care, you know, because they're not reported on. But I remember vividly, and I'm sure you do too, 2010, 33 Chilean miners. And we were glued to the screen for 33 days to see if they'd get out. And thank God they did. Mm -hmm. But they weren't rich. I'm sure Chilean miners aren't paid an awful lot. They weren't rich men. They weren't, you know, the. but we we watch that too. I think sometimes we forget things that we've seen, you know, and we sort of go, oh yeah, God, yeah, I remember that. You know, because it, it's gone. As you say, it, it, it goes into the annals of history and we forget about it. But we watched those men and thank God they were all brought out after 33 days. It was a miracle. Mm. And I think that's part of it. We live in such a is it hope? horrible world. Is it, is it we're watching it with we hope, hope or something? We're looking for hope. You know, even when something dreadful happens, like, you know, even thinking back to when Madeleine McCann went missing, we watched with hope. Every day the hope diminished, obviously, but we watch. And go, I mean, I just thought of something there. You know, you know when you BBC or Sky are reporting on an earthquake where there's thousands of people dead, mm-hmm. and then for one hour of the news, they're focused on one it's story of, of them digging and finding a dog. And, and, yeah, and or that, a baby, the baby that was found in uh, yeah, the that, Turkish yeah. Syrian one. That was incredible. So, you know, and it's, not that, it's not that it doesn't matter that thousands died and they found a baby, because, but that, cause that doesn't make sense. It's, you're right, it's because it gives hope, doesn't it? It does, and it's also, we just, you know, we watch these things. We never had this rolling news before. When we were growing up, that's what people say, oh, life was, different. Life was better back then, and we just didn't know. It wasn't better. No, you it wouldn't have. You wouldn't have had camera crews on the scene. You no. wouldn't. It wouldn't have been all over social media. You two newspapers. Sky News. Yeah. Sky News weren't there. You know, for twenty four hours a day, showing you the. Set. I mean, when something happens, I think Sky News just wet themselves. Going, oh, thank God, there's something to report on, and they're there, like showing you the same crap over and over mm. again. Like when the Queen died, must have seen her death about twenty five million times. Have you been? Have you, you been watching? Over. Have you been watching this story? Have you been following this story? To be honest, it, it, it passed me by a little bit. I, I was in, it was only, I was working away and I hadn't been watching. I just didn't have the news on because I was busy. And, and then it, it, somebody said about, I went, oh God, what's that? And then I started looking into it and I said, jeepers, that's just mental. You know, pa- Padraig says it's an ego trip gone wrong because these people, of course, paid a, human, a humongous <laughs> amount of money to go down there. I don't know what, the, attra- I don't know what the attraction is, by the way. It's quite to say they did it. To say they did it. Because... I think Porik is right in that respect because you and I, Porik, the vast majority, I would probably say nearly 100% of people listening tonight will never be able to afford to do something like that. Personally, I wouldn't want to. I value my life. Mm. But these guys, if it hadn't gone wrong, imagine the bragging rights of the golf club for these billionaires. 
Well, I've seen the Titanic. You'll never see the Titanic. But, but you know what? It doesn't or make any I've sense to me sense. because I, I can watch it on the Discovery Channel, right? And it's beautiful scenes in the Discovery Channel when you watch, um, you know, that those pictures of Titanic because they sent the submarine down with the cameras, the 4K cameras on it and all that kind of carry on, right? They're yeah, going to no, watch, watching and, and they're watching it in a submarine through a glass, dirty glass window. So realistically, they're not seeing it any better than I can see it on the Discovery Channel. So I don't understand the attraction. I think sometimes when you're mega, mega rich, there is an element of boredom in your life because you've done everything. Mm. There's mm. nothing you can't do. Like for me and you, for example, I don't know, poor circumstances, but I'm sure... Ah, he's not minted. He's got a few quid. But he's not minted. For, for us, you know, if we got the chance to say do a, like a five-star holiday in, in a fabulous resort, say in the Maldives, we'd be so bloody excited. I know I would. Yeah. But these people, they could do that on a Tuesday. And be back on the Thursday and go to Australia on the when on the Friday. Their life is a constant need to do more because they 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 I just think they're very bored because they you you watch some of these programs with the mega rich and they're they're constantly striving for the next thing because they've done everything else. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't mind being bored with a bit of money, but their lives, although they have everything, they seem quite empty. Because they're constantly trying to fill their lives. Like these men, I don't know these men, I'm just speaking on their behalf, I shouldn't really, but you get the impression that it was just the next thing to do. Because they, you know, it was either probably toss a coin that or space, where will we go today? Because they can. Padraig, I do do get that. I do understand that, Padraig, that aspect, that we're not these rich people, so we don't know what their lives are like. But if you're filthy rich and you have more money than sense... There's no ambition left in your life. So doing bonkers stuff like this just comes mm. with the territory. Exactly, Niall. But it's like I said at the previous juncture, Niall. It's, it's, it's all about the thrill of the chase. It's a bit like uh, the, the old Del Boy uh, programs from years ago, the old sitcom that basically he, he was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but he said basically he became a millionaire fictitiously and he said it... Then he said, he, but he was happier when he was ducking and diving, and because then he got he became a millionaire, and he and he he, he did he didn't enjoy it, but he he enjoyed being broke and ducking and diving. And, and you remember, I think it was last year, and I this the CEO of Amazon, he went to, to space. That's um, right, yeah, then, yeah. Then, yeah. Jeff Bezos, yeah. He looks a bit like a spacer, but I'm kind of asking. Yeah, but uh, he he um look a lot of his but they're all doing it. You know, Elon Musk is doing it. Richard Branson is doing it. They all want to go to space. It's like an obsession. But the the correlation, uh, the comparison, Nile. If you want to, if you want to go there with the um that migrant ship, I think it's sunk off Greece there last week. It was a good few migrants on it. They were from obviously the Third World Brigade. Mm. They were poor people, and uh, it it wasn't wall to wall coverage like these. Five rich individuals. It is wall to wall, Nile. So, and, and this is the point I was making. No matter what you think of immigration and what your feeling or your opinion is, that's kind of irrelevant. They're still human beings, and it didn't get the coverage this got. You're right. It, it got it got an hour, maybe you know, over the whole day, it might have got an hour and eve on the news that you know people had drowned in the Mediterranean. And we're not even we're not given the chance to care. We're, you know, it's not that it's not that we don't care. We're not given the chance. How can you care about something you're not told? Is about? is it just a case yeah. of you know this has been happening for the last five or six years and Asher, look, it's just another fifty drowned. So what's the big deal? And, and you know, and I don't mean that genuinely, but is that just the way the news works? That this no, is a new story. There's a different story. I think life is very cheap. I think that it's 
you know, it's almost like, you know, when you're in a country that's, say, at war or there's problems with uh, terrorism, you become immune to hearing about it. We we became immune in this country. You know, the, although it was horrible when another person was killed up the north, it was like, it was almost like a headline because it, we've Niall, become so used to hearing it, unfortunately. And I Niall, think we're getting used to hearing yeah, about that um, too. Yeah, sorry, Patrick. Yeah. I, I was just wondering, I would have liked to be a fly on the wall, Niall, as regards, like, they, obviously these people were told the risks. I wonder what, I don't know what the percentage was. Was it 20%? Was it, Forty percent, like that—that is a big risk. I mean, that they were told that, but they—they they, they still decided to go down there, now. They had to sign, or they signed a declaration to mm. say. That I they, appreciate. Well, yeah, to I say if you that. died, you can't sue. Like oh, you died, you, you, you can't sue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm assuming with all these things, I go to space. It's a fifty-fifty chance that you're not coming back. But but stay there a second. Let me go to Marion as well. Sorry, Marion, how are you doing? You're an artist. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> Hi, Marion. Yeah. Hi, Nile. Marion, so, is there something wrong with the way we're treating this story? Yeah, there is now, Liz. Just, um, I was listening to Morning Ireland this morning. I rarely listen to it. I just happened to turn it on. And the first word was, uh, one fella is a billionaire, the other people rich. And, like, so a billionaire, like, why does, he, why does the word billionaire have to be brought into it, like, all the time? So... We have a duty, so because these people are so rich that they want to take this risk. Then there was an Irish journalist on who works for Channel Four, so he said he's out in Tunisia at the moment, mm-hmm. and he said that there's boats or ships every day coming into Tunisia, and he said that it's not even covered on the local news, and he said it's just. You know, it's so unfair. It's like the haves and the have-nots. And uh, Europe Europe is supposed to be giving money to try and stop or sort out. But yet this story is getting so much coverage. He said that it's just totally disingenuous. Like, like It's like as if these people don't matter whatsoever. And, is, it know, because, is it because poor people don't matter? Well, yeah. Um, or is it, is or is it because, as Neve says too, the, the story is just intriguing? Yeah, I know, but like Europe are getting money now to try and sort out this problem, and they just don't seem to be doing it. He's out there doing a job. He's been doing it a long time, and he said even when when the local newspapers in Tunisia are not even picking up reporting it, and getting back to this situation. I mean, it takes two and a half hours to get down there yep. and two and a half hours to come back up. Now, they heard noise. Now, an expert said today on Morning Ireland, he said, hearing noise, there's many noises in the, in the ocean, like down there. So, like, everybody is saying, oh, there's a noise. People are just getting overexcited about everything. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading online people saying the noise was the SOS. But by the way, I, I asked the same question a few minutes but ago. It's, it's got entangled, Niall, probably if it's got entangled, the amount of equipment that they could send down, that mightn't even do it to no. try and untangle this. If it's That's if they can find it. That's if they can find it in the and, first place. Yeah, and I just fear now that, you know, they're saying... They're counting down the hours, and I just won't even listen to Sky News now because it's just, oh, they're counting down the hours. It's like as if we're obliged just because these are so rich and they've gone down there because it's a 
like having a toy to them. They knew that there were there was risk. Massive and using risk. Yeah. a PlayStation thing uh, for controlling. They're lying on their sides, five of them inside in this, and there's very little room inside in it. I can't, uh, I can't imagine what that, imagine what that would be like, where you yeah, know, where where the room. where the CEO the, or the founder of the exhibition, Stockton Rush, the, he's the, the British millionaire as well, by the way, Hamish mm-hmm. Harding. The people in charge are saying to the other people, "Listen, there's a ninety nine percent chance here you're going to die, so just prepare yourself." Yeah, but they just wanted to do this for the thrill of it. Line that's money taking over, and these people, you know. By the way, by the way, sir, just before I go into the break, Neve, Marion. They're saying, oh, well, hang on, both of you. They're saying the noise, a lot of people have said the noise is the SOS. Okay, mm. I'm just wondering, if either of you were down below in that submarine and somebody said to you, there's a hammer, bang on the wall, but you need to bang the SOS, would you know what to do? I know the I don't more know, code I, first. You, you know? You go, yeah, it's, but it's now, dust, you can't hardly move enough. So. Sorry, one at a time. Sorry, what did you say, Neve? The Morse code for SOS is dot dash dot. But no, I, no, you're right. I don't know how. I don't know how to bang it. Okay, do, do, it, you, it, do you do you know what it is, Marion? No, Niall, But all I know is that I'm listening to people saying that at this stage they're lying on their sides. They can hardly move, and like what will get them is the carbon monoxide that will be. Gone into it. Yeah, of course, of course. I, I got to go into a break. Uh, Neve, stay with me as well. By the way, for those who don't know, is it a lesson for you for what SOS is? I'll do it after the break, actually. Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. All right, just getting back to what we were talking about, and uh, Marion and Eva still with us. Sorry, Neve, you got your uh, SOS wrong there. By the way, for those who don't know, SOS means, of course, save our souls. Uh, that's where the original term comes from, save our souls. And unfortunately, if you did Neve's SOS, you'll be left there. You're not going to be rescued. Sorry, Neve. You're not getting rescued. Um, but the, the proper way to do it, if you, if you were in a submersible and you did have a hammer and you had to bang on a metal wall to try and get attention from some sonic detector up above, uh, SOS would be similar to this. I've got a tin can here and just a little stick, so I'll, I'll do it with that. Would be... Uh, so that's it. Some people have been texting it. I've never seen so many texting people guessing what SOS is. A lot of you, most of you are getting it wrong. This is basic stuff. It's like, you know, you should learn this to the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts or the Girl Guides or whatever it is you learn these things in. Because, you know, you never know when you might be in danger and you might just be able to get a signal out. That's SOS. It's dit 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 da 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 dit 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 or dit 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 dash 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 dit dit dit. Three dits, three dashes and three dits. Now, Neve, you've learned something today. Yeah, but that's that's the what we were told was we were always in the scouts, right? We were told the Morse code, which is exactly what you said. It's if you were doing it on the thing, right? Three dots, three dashes, three dots. Yeah, so that's it's the right. same as you. So it's bang, bang, bang. So it's three dots, three dashes, three dots. Yeah. So you so we... it. I think it's short, long, short, or something. I don't know. It's, no, it's three, three short ones, three long, long ones, three short ones, three long ones, three short ones. Hey. Very long time since I was in the <laughs> so I've probably okay. forgotten. Well, Marion's learned as well now. We all know now. If we're, if we're ever trapped <laughs> in a, nice yeah, well, if you're ever trapped in a submersible somewhere and you need to make that noise, sorry, John, how you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Radio. Good evening, Niall. How are you keeping? Good. Um, I just listened to the program there, and I have I've watched the Titanic movies and everything else over the years, but tonight we're kind of we're talking about the five people 
and in the submersible missing and how much money they have. And we're comparing it to the, the poor un- unfortunates that the last, I don't know how many years, have been dying every summer or every, either in the English Channel or the Mediterranean, trying to get a better life. But uh, it's like, it's not to do with money. It's, to me, I think it's the media. These people are missing. So it, there's a story there. Yeah. You know? They're yeah. not dead yet. Where it kind of comes into the people's minds, they could be saved. So we get interested in the fact that this could turn out to be great. Or like when you hear that 500 people or whatever get drowned, unfortunately, on a boat in the Mediterranean, you don't know who they are. You know, they're God, you know, you say God loved them like, but this is a different type of story. This is people mm-hmm. who spent... I suppose hundreds of thousands of euros, whether they, whether they have or not, they've gone down, they've taken on a challenge. Now, we don't know, I don't know anything about them. Maybe their grandparents or their great-grandparents are on the Titanic. We don't know anything about them. Judge, judging from their nationalities, I doubt that. And I'm sorry, I'm, I, I don't want to sound racist yeah, or anything no, like that, but, but judging by their nationalities, I doubt their parents or relations you know? were on it. I don't yeah. think there was I any. Don't I don't think there was any Pakistani people on the Titanic. Well, that's what it is. You know, yeah. but, but you know, you know what's sick about this? Well, I tell you something here, right? So they've just announced a new documentary on the missing summer submersible is set to air this week on Wednesday. Variety reported that a new documentary is scheduled to air on the UK broadcaster Channel Five on Thursday at seven o'clock. It's an ITM production and documentary, and it'll be called Titanic Sub Lost at Sea and will be presented by the local host, Dan Walker. It's a story about five people, all with families, who are trapped at the bottom of the ocean. And they're making a documentary about it already, and it's not even completed. Do you, do you understand? Them? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's about money, Niall. It's about money, and it's about the media making money. And they've clamped onto this story about these five individuals. And they're not dead yet. When they're dead, I don't know, or if they, God forbid, if they... If they die, sure, it'll be yesterday's news then the following day, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, it differs you know, from it, Boris, anyway. Sorry, say it again, Marion. It differs from, from Boris. Boris, all, all his <laughs> antics. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I believe he's gonna, I believe Boris he's is now going to be... He's back, Niall. He is, he's, he's going to be writing, he's writing for the Daily Mail or something, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> of all play, I mean, the Daily Mail would never give up slagging him all the time. Now they're giving him a job. He has to know like because I, I, he's having another child. Researcher. Yeah. I, but I said to a researcher, did they ever hear of a rope or a, a, you know, years ago, the first submarines that went down, they, they had they had a wire cable and they had a near line on them. Yeah, an know? umbilical cord, it was called, yeah. Umbilical cord. And they went down to the Titanic back in 1984 or whenever they found it. But now they seem to think that these new SUVs that have batteries, hmm. we don't know, but the whole thing could have just imploded and just, uh, you know, Good, yeah. the Good. water pressure down there is like phenomenal, you know? Yeah, I've had more and more. And the cold, Niall, the cold. I've heard more and you more know, people so suggest, well, that water would be absolutely freezing, by the way. Freezing it is. Yeah. Freezing. They well, say you, that. Well, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't worry about the cold so much because if the water got in, you were going to be crushed into a little pea-sized... Yes, of course. You know, the pressure is... But anyways, what can we do? We can just wish the best for them and for 
everybody else. You I, know, when I, when I, when I said what I said earlier on to the the expert we were talking to earlier on, and what I said to him was, he was saying there's a possibility, a strong possibility, it's already. Uh, come to the surface because these things would be designed in an emergency to automatically come to the surface. But he said that doesn't mean we're going to find it. He said because it's like a needle in a haystack, as everybody has said. Even if it's on the surface, I said, wouldn't it be terrible thinking that this thing, I don't know, broke down in the middle of the the ocean under the water, and then all of a sudden they managed to get to the surface. They went, woo, we're at the surface now. We can look out the window. We can open the door and look out. And yeah, but there's no one around, and you die that way. I, mean, I, I don't know which is worse. Surface. I would down 2,000 feet. <laughs> You'd rather you die on the surface? Is that what you said? Yeah, at least you could ring Deliveroo or something. I don't think you'd be able to ring in Deliveroo yeah. in the middle of the ocean somewhere 700 miles from the coast. Uh, well, look, it's an intriguing story. Just, i got to go to a break. Remember that, Neve, by the way. Did, 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 da, 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 did, did, did. Okay, remember that, okay. If I'm ever in trouble, I'll remember it. And if, you're ever, you if you're ever in a submersible with a hammer and a metal wall. You, if you... I'm ever, if, listen, if I win the lot of the Euro Millions, you and me, if we're going down to the Titanic. It's intriguing, isn't it? I was just looking at Sky News there and a guy called Andrew Lobley who was uh, on the original or one of the original people who went down in this submersible. Um, and he talks about how dangerous it was, how awful it was. And, you know, that it's just... He said it's not, it's not, he actually said it's not safe. And there's photographs of when he was there. And it's like the inside of, you know, like a water boiler or something like that. You know, you know, like, you know, your water boiler for your tank at home, for your hot water, the immersion. It's like the inside of that, just like these cylindrical walls. And he said, you can't even sit down. You kind of have to lie against the side with your feet, like in a crab position for 12 hours. It's like two and a half hours down. Three hours down there, two and a half hours back up again. Then you sit and wait to be rescued and all that kind of carry on. He said, it's just, he said it was cold because it's four degrees in the water outside. And there's obviously no heating. It's, it's not like they have a radiator on the wall or anything like that. So he said it's freezing cold. It's uncomfortable. It's horrendous. And he didn't figure it was even worth it. It's bizarre, isn't it? Why somebody would want to do it in the first place. Anyway, getting back to our callers and, and why we believe this is getting so much attention. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why is it getting so much attention? Is it because they're not dead yet? Um, and they're likely to be because they reckon their oxygen will run out. Experts have now said the oxygen should run out by about 12 o'clock midday tomorrow, probably Irish time. Or I'm not too sure that could be American time as well. Let me go to Maureen. Maureen, how are you doing? Hmm. Maureen. Well, unfortunately, we don't have Maureen there. Uh, is Martin there? Hi, Niall. How are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll try and get them back again, unfortunately. Um, uh, unfortunately, neither one of them could really hear me there for some reason. Uh, we'll get them back. All right. Um, but it is a shocking experience for anybody to be in that situation. And you, as you heard during the break there, a friend of uh, one of the people who was down there at the moment, and this is um, Hamish Harding, said he would be the life and soul of the party. He'll keep the spirits up. He'll keep people going. And he probably will, in fairness. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll have to do something because whoever's in charge, which I'm assuming is, is Stockton Rush, uh, who is the Ocean Gate expedition expert that brought them down there, the CEO and founder of this particular organisation. Why you'd want to send people down there is beyond me. But, you know, he would have explained to them, I, I imagine, being brutally honest, listen, we're going to die. You know, there's a there's a minuscule chance, a tiny little tiny little chance that we might actually survive this. But the chances are we're going to die. We're all going to die. So, 
anyway, it does seem like they're going to die. And um, I suppose that's, isn't that the, is there a morbid attraction? It's like people who read crime magazines and crime novels. There's a kind of morbid attraction, isn't there? With people who, you know, anyway. Sorry, Maureen, I do apologise. That's okay. Hey, go ahead, go ahead, Maureen. Um, what were you saying to me? That it's getting a lot of coverage? Is, is it getting more coverage than it deserves when you consider that no matter what your opinion on immigration is, that hundreds of people die in the Mediterranean every single day. They drown, you know, fleeing war, fleeing yeah, whatever it yeah. is, looking for a better life, whatever you want to, word you want to use for it. And yet we don't see that in the telly all the time. You know, it's like, no. gets gets 10 minutes on the news if we're lucky. Yeah, that's it, yeah. What, what it is, is it's getting a lot of coverage, all right, definitely. Um, and then, look, I wasn't really following it. I just heard, the first I heard where they said was a submarine missing. That's the first report was that, and I was going, a submarine is missing. Mm. Okay. And then I heard a submersible. But, so they're down there. What are they there? Are they four miles? How many miles down are they? Well, beneath the it's ocean? 12,500 feet. So it's about seven miles. Feet. It's six yeah, and a well, half, seven fathom. miles. Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. miles, right. You're right down the ocean floor. Yeah. Now, there's another theory that it's after getting stuck somewhere in the wreck. It could have. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, do you see, the, the, do you know the, the billionaire on board? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they're, well, I'm assuming they're all billionaires, millionaires, by the way. Yeah, but no, this fella, he's, he's a world-famous explorer. That's right, yeah. Hamish Hardy. Yeah, yeah. But he sent a text to his friend before they went down saying that the weather is bad. But they went anyway. Right? They knew yeah. the weather was bad. They, it was like they shouldn't be going down, but they went down anyway. Mm. But you, you well, would, you would imagine the weather it. wouldn't matter. If you're going under the water, so the well, weather it, wouldn't. Well, it would. Well, it would. If, if, you're, on, if you're on the sea in, in very choppy water, you're sailing, like it's not nice. So you can imagine what it's like down below. Mm. Because that's what happened when they hit the Titanic, you see. With the iceberg, they didn't realise it was yeah, double but you, yeah, but if you're, yeah, you but, know, but if but you're you under the water. Now, you don't, it's reckless. It's, it's reckless, yeah. actually, to do it. But um, I don't know, I just find it strange that all of a sudden it was missing and they lost contact with it and, you know, like banging, you were saying they were banging, heard banging sounds well, coming. I, 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 well, I hang that on. strange. I find the banging thing is a bit weird. I'll tell you why, right? Me too. The, the banging was reported by the US Coast Guard who flew over the area yes. in a plane. Okay. Now, right. I, find right. it, I find it a bit bizarre that in a plane flying over at, I don't know, a couple of hundred miles an hour, you can hear banging from somebody who's supposedly in a capsule or a submersible, should yeah. I say, you know, possibly four or five miles under the ocean. I just yeah. don't see how that's even possible. It's not possible. No, no. And, and even, I think even somebody's fantasizing, to be honest right. with you there. Yeah. But even the depth that they're down, they're right down on the ocean floor, of course, right? It, well, that's if even they are. Well, they, well, 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 they may not be on the ocean floor. They may be on the surface. Well, you know, they're probably near. Well, if they were right down there, they were down there. If they're, if they're supposedly caught in the wreck, they are down there. But the problem is, you won't even hear that banging that you were talking about. Like, this is quite a big submersible, if you see the picture of it. A ship on the top of the ocean is going to hear banging. Never mind the plane flying over, so that doesn't wash with me at all. That's nonsense. And here's the thing. I was thinking, right? Let's say they f- some sonar gadget they have figures out exactly where they are. They go, right, we know where they are. There's five miles or six miles down at this particular point. That's exactly where they are there now. Yeah. How are they going to get down to them? 
well, look. How are they going to get them back? Exactly, but they'd one submersible that went down. Yeah. They must have another submersible that can do the same thing. So instead of flopping and slapping around on the ocean, top of it, or up in the sky, launch a submersible and get down there and have a look. Or get mm. as near as you can, have a look. You might be able to figure something out. I don't know how they're going to get it up. I really don't know. But well, they, don't, well, they don't have much time left. They need to figure out something fairly no, fast. No. We, once the oxygen runs out, that's, that's it. It's all like, over. They're yeah. gone. Like, you're li- you know, it's yeah. all over. But like this business of hearing banging and, and we'll, we're, we're listening, get a submersible, go down. They've but done been, it before. But they're spending a ridiculous amount of money on, on this rescue worldwide. And I'm, mm. by the way, I mean, look, of course people's lives are worth money. I'm not saying it's not. But... You know, is it fair for people to analogize and say, well, why are we doing this? Why are we focusing so much on these four people? Is it because they're rich and the, the people that die in the Mediterranean are poor and nobody cares? What, what is it? Is it because they're rich well, for intrigued? Well, I, I, I would go I would go with the rich part mm. because, you know, these people are just, they have so much money like they don't know what to do with it. So the best thing to do is spend it going exploring, which is a good thing too if you want to do that. But, you know, well, why were they down there? What were they looking for? What was the business of going there? Mm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, look, it's a graveyard, Nile. Yeah. There's, like, there's 1,503 souls down there. Yeah. Leave them alone, is my opinion. Keep away from it. Yeah, somebody sent a text and said they have a special gadget, which is like a winch, and it attaches itself to the craft and can winch it up to the surface if they can find out where it is. Yeah, but, I mean... Yeah. So they they did they they know where they are they know exactly where they are going well, no, I do, you well, know so well I, that's that, that's what I thought when I spoke to the guy from Belfast University earlier on but he reckons no it could have because of the current under the sea if the power went which I believe according yeah. to Sky News tonight when they spoke to somebody who had already been on this craft go back a few years ago on numerous occasions his trip was cancelled because of malfunction it had gone down and had to come back up again because the batteries went right so and he yeah, said he said it just isn't safe. No. Well, so well, why did he go on it if it wasn't safe? I just why did like if he realised at the time why didn't he come out before now and say it? Why is he only saying it now? It wasn't safe. Oh well, oh well, what should there you are? You saying look, look, the, the people on it probably knew the same, but look, I, I look at these people yeah, and I like call them them thrill, seek, yeah. thrill seekers, you know. But say, well, say there because Martin, how you doing, Martin? You're on Ireland's Classic It's Radio. How you doing, Martin? I've, I've never seen so many texts and calls about something. Some people are intrigued by this, Martin. Yeah, well, just if I could very quickly, Noel, on the technical end, just Samuel Morse would be spinning in his grave for the signal you tried to send out there. Yeah. Oh, um, well, you, sorry about that. I do apologise. <laughs> no, just, you know, in case anyone was to take that, the, the you know, the SOS, all Morse, is is based not so much on the interval between the signals, but on the duration of the signal. So dot, 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 if you can imagine what a flashlight would be three very quick flashes, yeah, and then a dash would be a flash that's at least twice the duration of yeah. The but if you're, yeah, but if you're doing it with noise to make noise, if you're doing exactly if you're doing it with noise, the very same rules apply. So if I was in a, if I was in that situation, give me a demonstration. Be, give me a demonstration. Martin. It would, it would, well, okay. Tap your phone. Then, okay. Okay, I'm going to do it with the car horn. I do it with the car horn. Do it with the car horn. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's well, well and good. You've got a car horn there. But if you've yeah. only if you've only and got a hammer, you know, if you've only got a yeah, hammer against a wall. But, yeah, but the point is, with modern technology, the plane that went over, they weren't sticking their head out the window and listening. They were dropping um, sonar boys, active sonar, not active, passive sonar boys oh, in the water. Which right, okay. Okay? Oh, okay. So if you were trying to send, if I was trying to send that signal, what I would be doing if I had a hammer would be, I'd be strike dot, 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 in other words, three bangs, and then scrape the hammer along the metal three times, and then bang the hammer three times. Do you understand? Does, so, my, does my method not suffice? Because it's, you know... Well, what, what, I, what I got from your method was, was dot, 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 dot. So it was a slow S, it was a fast S, a slow S, and a fast S. Anyway, I digress. Look, yeah, okay, go it's on. just to, clar- to clarify that. But as I said, the the the, the thing about the plane, the, they they can actually listen. But that, that that noise could be just background noise from anything, another another wreck somewhere where, you know, the currents are moving things around. You know, but this thing about them possibly being on the surface, if they are on the surface, I would honestly have expected that. If they spent all that money developing and building this craft, they would have a satellite phone. Mm-hmm. So would... if they were on the if they were on the surface, I would expect them to be using a satellite phone. In which case, their exact location to within meters, you know, actually to within a meter, could be could be plotted. You know, there would be no no problem finding them. If they were on the surface, I would expect they'd have a satellite phone. If they don't have a satellite phone, it just shows you how absolutely, you know, how. How, how careless the people that were running these trips are. If they and, don't and satellite phones, phone. by the way, are dirt cheap. When, when I compare them to the way years yeah. ago, they're actually dirt cheap. You can buy a satellite phone now for 500 quid. I know people who go on expeditions who buy satellite phones. And actually, the latest iPhone and the latest I, Apple Watch is equipped to pick up satellites and to, and to send an SOS signal. I, I don't use Apple. But I, anyway, my, the, the, the point I was making there is mm. that if... You know, with the money they spent on on building this craft, I'd be amazed if they didn't have a satellite phone. So I very and here's the thing, Martin. Okay, you know a little bit about the technology involved, and I said it to to Hamish earlier. I wasn't not Hamish, sorry, who I was speaking to, um, and to Wasif Naim, who was from Queen's University earlier on, who's very familiar with all this. And I asked him, okay, fair enough, you can't pick up a satellite signal because you're possibly four kilometers under the water. water. Yeah, no, but but surely there's some way of communicating. Surely. Radio transmission, which is the oldest type of transmission in the world. Some surely shortwave. I don't know. Surely there's some way of transmitting under the water. Well, no, actually, underwater you need very you, you need very long wave um, okay. technology. That's why submarines string cables that are miles long behind them. Now, the best the best way to do it is actually with sound. So it would mean, you know, to have uh, an underwater speaker outside, which you can use either voice or use Morse or whatever else, but. The, the, the substantive issue that you're that you're discussing, you know, I, I I do agree. I think I was it Neve mentioned earlier on about you know what's not being covered while this is being covered. Yes. In the media. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's all kinds all kinds of things going on. There's I haven't heard now. I I'll be honest. I haven't really been following it, but I haven't been hearing a great deal about Ukraine. And when it comes to you know the the value of life. You have tragic situations where you have, you know, literally millions of people have streamed across the American border. Now we have our we have our own problems here, 
And all life to me, all human life, is extremely valuable. But you have a situation where millions of people streaming across the American border since Biden, and I'm not getting political here, I'm just making a point Mm. of Mm. the way things are. Millions of people streaming across the border and children being trafficked, tens of thousands of children being trafficked for um, nefarious reasons, yes, absolutely. And all kinds of things, yeah. and nothing being done about it. Absolutely nothing being done about it. And it's, it's. I mean, you you have to be living with your head in the sand not to know that this is that this is going on. So there is there is a dichotomy in the way people value. But is that a, is that our fault? Value. But but is it our fault in the way we consume no, it's, news? No, it's, it's, it's it's not it's not our fault in in insofar as we can't do anything directly about it. You know, but no, no, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is it our fault that it's human behavior and the types of news? Look, the news channels are only providing news they believe we're excited by, uh, believe that we're interested in, believe that we're sad about, believe that makes us angry, that drives an emotion in us. So we'll watch more of it. So we, the news stations don't dictate what we listen to. We dictate what we listen to. And I'll give oh, you... I, I don't know about that. No, no well, hang on. I'll give you an example, right? When, when I do a story here on the radio about a dog and somebody that's been nasty to a dog, right? We get more reaction than if I had somebody on saying they were sexually abused. And I'm not lying to you. And that's a dreadful thing to say. But we get more reaction by text, by calls, by everything else. That doesn't make sense. But it makes sense to me It be, is it kind of hits an emotion with people. So here you have, it doesn't matter how many people are crossing the border in America. It doesn't matter how many people are drowning in the Mediterranean. This, it's an intriguing story that there's four people with more money than sense gone down in a thing that's no, probably no bigger than like, your immersion, crammed into this little thing, but well, it's four or five metres long, crammed into this little thing, floating around in the middle, underwater in the middle of the ocean somewhere. And will they survive or will they not? And the clock is ticking and it's exciting and... Is is that what drives this? I think it's intrigue that drives it. But I, 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 I understand what you're saying about you know people will respond more to a dog being abused than a child in some yes. circumstances. Yes. But I think that has to do with um, conditioning and saturation, if you know what I mean, in the media. In that, like, I, I'm I'm 63 years of age. And I can tell you the, the media now, mass media now, or the legacy media, call it whatever you like, and I'm not including you or your program. You know my opinion on, on this is one of the, you know, this is how I end my day is listening to your program and, and when, when the opportunity arises to take part. Because we've lost that in the media. There are so many so-called journalists who are journalists in name only all they're interested in is, you know, column inches or putting the report on the on the television or whatever else. They don't really chase and get after the story, and that's why you know when I when I hear something like this going on, I'm always wondering, what are they not reporting? What is what is you know this is a convenient thing to to fill those to fill those minutes or those hours or those whatever else in the media. When other things are going on. Now, that's not to say that I don't have all the compassion in the world for the people involved and their families. Personally, I think their chances of survival are extremely low because apart from the oxygen, as we mentioned earlier on, the temperature at that depth is incredibly low. 
absolute, it's so low. It's, it, it's and, like okay, Andrew Lubley, who was on Sky News there about 10 minutes ago, and I just watched it during the break, he said it was freezing. He said it was very, very cold inside. He said it was about four degrees, right? But mind yeah. you, I think that may have been a misprint because it was very cold. I imagine it's probably lower than four degrees, but however. And he also stated that there's nowhere to sit. You can't stand in it. He said, you're kind of lying against this curved wall at the side. There's a photograph of the inside of it. And it genuinely looks like if you saw a cross-section of your boiler in your house, that's exactly what it looks like. And yeah. and he said, you're lying against, kind of leaning against the side of it with your legs in a crab-like position. And he said, you're like that for 12 hours. And I, yeah. why would you want to do that? And he said, when he well, went, when he went, they told him that firstly they, they did a trial run or a test run down, you know, a couple of hundred feet or whatever it was. The batteries went and they had to bring it back up again. Then they tried it again and something else went wrong. And he said, eventually, you know, we went down. But he said, I genuinely was worried that we're never going to make it to the surface again. But he said, look, I didn't fear because I'm reasonably fearless. And he said, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. You're going to do something like that. You kind of know the risk attached to it. But he said his final closing words to Sky News was when they asked him, he said, it isn't safe. He said, I'm surprised they're still doing it. So it's bizarre. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, I'm risk averse. You know, I, I'm a very careful driver. I avoid risks wherever possible. I think everyone should do that. Everybody should be intelligent about the things they do. I personally, if someone was to turn around tomorrow and give me a gift voucher to go parachuting or skydiving, I'd say, thanks very much. Take it back and give the money to charity. Yeah, I wouldn't I do it. Not, there is no reason in the world <laughs> to jump out of a perfectly good aircraft there's nothing for me. There is no reason to do that. <laughs> the, the perfectly good aircraft is equipped to land again with you in yes, it. Uh, yeah. it just, it's, it's, and I'm not making light of the situation. I'm just the point I'm trying to make is, you know, these people. Yes, they had the money to do it. Mm. It was also it was also their decision. They weren't driven by circumstance to take. Yeah, it wasn't a life uh, or death decision. Yeah, they had. They exactly. Have, it's yeah. a luxury. It, exactly. So you know, uh, where I have. I've all the compassion in the world for them, you know. Where it's it's the old expression, you know, where fools rush in. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah. And that's why I was myself and Jane were talking about this earlier on. She said, "Would you do it?" And I said, "Absolutely mm-hmm. not." I said, "There's no way I'm going to climb Everest, or I'm not going to jump out of a plane, or I'm not going to." I said, "I wouldn't even go skiing because I know people who've gone skiing and broken a limb." I said, "I've no interest in doing things." I said, "I go on a roller coaster. That's a bit of crack." I said, "You know, but I've no interest in doing something that's going to put my life at risk. Why would I do that?" Life's short enough. I, I just wouldn't be yeah. interested. Well, as I, th- I think I've said before, and I, you know, other th- leaving aside our age, I think, you know, if we were the same age, we could have been twins separated at birth because our, our, yeah. our, our points of view on, on nearly everything runs so parallel. Uh, but uh, as I said, on the substantive issue of the value of one life over another, I value all human life from the moment of conception to the moment of of death, you know? I mean, I well, sorry, Maureen, are you still there? Yeah, sorry, Maureen. I am. Maureen, I are, am you, are, are you a risk taker? No. So if I gave you a free ticket to, say, go to space tomorrow with Elon Musk or something like that, I don't know, would you go? Not at all. I'd ask you very deft. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of it. No, and, and, uh, and not, I don't... Not, not at hope. But maybe Neve was right earlier on, and I suppose, Martin, we don't really understand because we're not multi-billionaires or millionaires. When you see Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Richard Branson, you know, wanting to go to space, you know, which is a 50-50 chance of not coming back again. I mean, it is boredom because they've achieved everything. They have enough money to do whatever they want, Martin. 
So it's, you know, what's the next thing they can do? You know, th- there's nothing left for them to do. Well, no, you see, you said whatever they want. I, I can guarantee you if, and it's, it's not just highly unlikely, it's never going to happen. I'm never, be going to, I'm never going to become a multimillionaire or a billionaire. Unless you're in but the lottery. I did, <laughs> you, you know, the old story, if you're not in, you can't, can't win, win, so yeah. you can't win. Um, but if, 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 if somehow I was, I would like my legacy to be, yes, obviously take care of my family, my, you know, my children, my grandchildren, all that. But I would like my legacy to be that in, you know, in 100 years' time, people look back and say, look what he did with what he had. He distributed it. He, he used it for causes that benefited people, not, not for this, you know, this self-gratifying... Like, and I'm not making light of the of of the situation these people are in. Personally, I think, I think there's very little chance they're going to be recovered. No, but yeah. you know, and and I'm not making light of it. But it, honestly, I can guarantee, and I mean this sincerely, if I was, if I had that kind of money, I'd be looking more to, you know, what's my legacy? What am what am I leaving behind me? What have I what have I done with that? Have I just accumulated that and lived the life of of of, of complete nonsense. On top of that, then, and uh, 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 something that was mentioned earlier on by by one of your contributors, I can't remember, was one of the ladies. The idea of going down to the Titanic, it's not just like a graveyard. It's, you know, it's in an alien environment. It's something that was so tragic with so many deaths. To me, it should be like a war grave. You know, it should be, it should be, it should be like where if a battleship goes down, you're not, you're not allowed to go in and and for, for, just to be a tourist to go around and, and, kind of, oh yeah, this oh, yeah. happened there and look at that, isn't that fascinating? And no, leave it alone. These, you know, but I, but I, but I don't that, understand the logic. Yeah. Sorry, Maureen, I was saying earlier on, Maureen, too. I don't understand no, the logic. I, I watched the Titanic documentary you know, whatever it was, Saving Titanic or Raising Titanic or whatever the hell it was called. And right, it was like, yeah. it was recorded in 4K cameras, the best quality you could get of the submersible going around and you, they showed you comparisons of what it looked like before it sank and there's the bit now and under the water. And that was intriguing to watch. It was interesting to watch. But uh, a bit eerie. But in saying that, yeah. why would I want to go down in a, in a little box or this little container and look through a dirty, muggy window at exactly the same thing I could see on television perfectly clear? I just don't understand the logic of it. I don't. I don't understand just the logic of it. And as I was, yeah, I made the comment. I, I do, to me, like it, it, to me, it's a graveyard, and I should be left alone. Because uh, <laughs> there was talk about what they actually wanted to do. Whether we're trying to go and trying to raise the Titanic, oh, that's not going to be possible because it's going to split apart anyway. I think leave it alone. That was a hor- that was an idea. I, well, that was around yeah, the time of James Cameron. Idea, yeah. yeah, and that was an idea that they had of raising the Titanic yeah. going back no, about twenty years it. ago. That was a bonkers idea, and it was a, actually yeah. it was a disgusting idea. To be honest with you, of course it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. What were they going to do? Put it put it in a museum somewhere or something? Yeah, like that. but they're going down in these little things, and look, they know the risk they're taking. I mean, they're going down on this like. It's not they have any way of sending off a distress flare. I mean, if they if they want to do things, they they need to get into the technological side of things and you know find every way possible that we can get a a signal out that we're stuck or we're trapped. It's not like you're on land because you can navigate by the stars and that kind of thing. And the Morse code, like who what owns? you did, who you're owns? On, you will get away with it if you understand Morse code. If you mm. understand it, you will be able to get a signal out. 
My father was a flyer in the World War Two and a navigator, and he was a wireless operator and a navigator. Sorry, through in the Lancaster. Yeah. And he did all night raids. And he taught me Morse code when he was trying to teach it to me. Yeah. But he also taught me how to follow the North Star and to navigate by the stars if I was ever lost. Yeah. So he gave me a very healthy education growing up, and I learned from him. Yeah. You know, but he wouldn't have been a risk taker. He was a risk taker. He flew in the war, but that was his job. But like me, he wouldn't be a risk taker doing that. Like he'd find it intriguing like you and I would, but I don't but think he'd be going thing that, I, And that Martin mentioned you earlier know? on as well, just on that note as well. Um, Shazada Daywood, or is, uh, he's a Pakistani man, a multimillionaire, a businessman. And he took his 19-year-old son, Suleiman. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm going, what right. sort of reckless you know, irresponsible thing was that to do to, to in a situation where you know it's life or death, it's a 50-50 chance, you have to sign a waiver before you even go, you know, there's a good chance you're not going to make it. What sort of silly thing is that to do to bring your son with you? I mean, if you want to take your own life or you want to risk your own life, far away, shoot. But to bring your kid yeah. and there's a picture of the two of them there and I'm looking at it here on Sky News. It's like oh, he's I a saw kid. Them, yeah. I saw the picture. Yeah, he looks no. about 17. Yeah. yeah, sorry Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sorry, Maureen. I, I would say, you know, in fairness to this man, he's probably lived a life where his money and his wealth insulates him from a lot of the dangers and, you know, persistitude oh, yeah, of, of the world. Yeah. And when you have a person like that, they don't. They don't have a grasp on, on, on reality. And when I say reality, I mean particularly physical realities. The fact is, when you're down that deep, that's an, I mean, the, the sea in the first place, once you get out above, above waist depth into the sea, you're in an alien environment. But when you're oh, at I that know. depth... Oh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. You know, when I can see myself, when I, if I go beyond waist deep, I'm kind of going, okay, that's enough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. the, the always, always swim parallel to the shore, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Which I do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy a swim. But I, I certainly wouldn't go, I wouldn't go deep water swimming or, or anything like that because, as I say, I'm risk averse. You know, yeah, because I've I seen, know. I've seen yeah. tragedies in the world. You know, I've lived, I've lived a, a reasonably long life so far. I've seen the tragedies in the world that can befall people. But I, I, I do think, in fairness to that man, he's probably had a life where his money has insulated him from adversity. Yeah, I guess. And you. he just didn't realise <laughs> that mm. in these circumstances, his money means nothing. But see, I, but yeah, but I, I was also thinking earlier on about the way we're looking at the story and the way the intrigue in the story. And I mentioned as well that ITV Productions have already stated that on Channel 5 at half seven on Thursday night, uh, there's a documentary on called Lost at Sea or something. So they're already made a documentary about it. Not, I mean, the thing hasn't even come to a conclusion yet and they're making documentaries. Anyway, like, I talked about, you know, you will have an earthquake somewhere in the world or a tsunami, for example, or whatever it happens to be. I don't know, a bomb goes off and thousands of people are killed and thousands of buildings are destroyed and people are buried under the rubble and Sky News will be covering it. And they'll spend an hour of the Sky News while, you know, tens of thousands of people are dead, dying in hospitals, you know, all the focusing on a story about, you know, a whole rescue team pulling rubble up because they hear a dog barking. And then they save the dog and everybody's, oh my God, the dog is saved. And I'm going, okay, that's really cute and that's nice, but 10,000 people are dead. And, and, and I just find that that human interest in that type of story, I find it bizarre. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, I, well, I know. Maybe, I, I, I do, I, maybe I'm not explaining it properly. I just... No, I, I think no, you no, are you're explaining right. it. There's a pull on the heartstrings as well. It's, just, it's the emotion that's attached to it. And the mainstream media say they're doing that. It's just all this emotional stuff. And they're actually, it's actually what I call a distraction. Away from the real things that are happening in the world and the real things they should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. That's what I view it as. Yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is a real story. There are, you know, people have, these people have families, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I wish them well. But like Martin, I don't hold out much hope for them being found. Uh, as most of the experts have said, it is like looking for a needle in a haystack. But look, it's an interesting conversation. And for people who ever get in a situation like that trapped, Maureen, you mentioned, of course, the North Star. Most people wouldn't yeah. know how to do that. Um, they yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, navigate by the North Star. Follow the, follow the North Star, mm. right? That's what you do. Like so, but you see, I I suppose I learned it from my father who taught me, because as a child he would have me at the door and he'd be pointing at all the constellations, mm. and he'd be telling me how you'd navigate by the stars, and that's fine when you're on land if you can do that. That's yeah. grand because you have that you have a navigation system to get yourself to me to be, but under the sea you are screwed. I mean, you know, <laughs> as we all know, hundreds of refugees died when a boat collapsed during the week in the Mediterranean. That's right. Yeah, hardly covered it all. Hardly covered it all. I'm not as petty spent. Yeah. There's been millions spent on this. Millions. Yeah, there has, yeah. yeah. There has, yeah, because you have a group of, I, I call it, you know, I, call, I hope they're found, but the time is running out. They're thrill seekers and they do this for the thrill and they have the money to do it and that's mm. a lot of people that live their life by mm. thrill yeah, well, seeking. Well, hang on, Derianne is not too happy, jeepers. Derianne. No, I'm, what's I'm wrong not with you? happy with it. I tell you what's wrong with me. All I can hear is judge, 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 judge. When five human beings are in such a, a, a position, and none of us know what any of their lives are like unless we walk three miles in their shoes, and I, it just breaks my heart because all their families are at home, and we can't judge. Like we don't know where they came from. You alluded to the fact that there wouldn't be, there wouldn't have been Pakistanis on the Titanic. Well, if you look in back into your history, the Taylor, the ship, which was the sister ship of the Titanic that went off, that that the Lusitania. Was no, oh, no, no, the no. Taylor oh, okay. that crashed into Lambay Island, and all the women and children, practically them all, died. There were black people on that because they were the staff. Mm. Now, just because they might have been staff back then doesn't mean that they haven't, you know, that their their relatives haven't got their lives together. But anyway, I just feel, my my point really is, I feel extremely sad and I feel Stop judging these people for. Well, I, no, I wasn't. Well, I, I want to be one hundred percent clear. I wasn't judging anybody because they were Pakistani. All right, and as I said no, from the very no, start, I, no, as I said, I, the I, very start, it's irrelevant. You know what color somebody's skin is. We should care about yeah, people no. and human life. And well, I, I was making that point about people in the Mediterranean, that people in the Mediterranean are dying. I'm saying, do we care more about people when they're rich than we do about when no, they're poor? No, Nile. It's a human. Thing that that and 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 this is how media works. Like five guys who just happen to have the money go down there. The nineteen-year-old, we don't know whether what his life's about, but they happen to have the money. Um, so what? But the but the the big thing is, 
we have to like if if all the world is focused on them, and this is a proven scientifically, if the whole world is sending them healing energy, they could be saved. And instead of us judging them and I don't saying, th- I don't think anybody's know, judging them. I think more so Martin, Maureen and Neve and everybody else. I think we're judging the media and the way the media responds to things like this. No, I've heard for the last uh, few minutes um, they're thrill seekers. You know, they have money. Yeah, well, they are. That's exactly what they are. But they're not judging them. They're on. Yeah. Yeah. May I just say, look, we all live a life and the decisions we make have consequences. Now, I'm not judging the people for the decisions that they've made, but sometimes decisions have serious consequences. And if you don't, if you don't sit down and, and really analyze what the potential consequences are, you know, I have all the sympathy and all, all the best wishes in the world for the people involved. But people make bad decisions, whether it be, whether it be taking drugs or, 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 you know, driving recklessly or whatever else. There are all kinds of things that happen to people because of decisions they've made. Now, yeah. some people make decisions based on, I can make that decision because I have the ability, I have the money, I have the time, I have whatever. On the other hand, other people are forced into making decisions because of circumstance. And that's the substantive issue that was being discussed tonight. I don't I wish... I'm... I know, and I've heard you say that very clearly, but what I've been hearing is judgment, judgment, judgment. Okay, but I suppose, but I suppose the only level of judgment I would make is... why. And I'm looking at a photograph here, right? And, and BBC are reporting this now, right? And this is true. To control the submersible was a $30 Xbox controller. There's a picture of it here in the submersible, the guy holding it and another guy laughing as if to say, really, is that controlling it? It's literally a Logitech F710 wireless Xbox controller to to steer this thing. And and I'm telling you now, Darianne, if somebody said to me, I'm going to take you six miles under the sea in this steel tube controlled by an Xbox controller and if that goes wrong, you're doomed. I am not going. And I value my life more than that. And and that's that's fine. But what we should be questioning is who are these guys who took all that money from those people, brought them down there knowing like the guy on the the Sky News said tonight, it was a joke, like um, you know, we used to joke about Ryanair. They'd be charging for the toilet paper, and you'd be you, you'd get on, and you'd be standing up. And he's not—he wasn't too far wrong when he said that, because whoever is running that stupid thing um, has got away with murder, and that—that that is murder. And they should be brought up for murder if those people are are found dead. Uh, you know what? I, I I wouldn't actually disagree with you, Martin. I wouldn't disagree with Darianne. That if those people die, the company yeah. responsible for this should be absolutely liable. Because it's, it's saying here, I'm, I'm reading more on the BBC as we're all talking here. And the BBC is saying there have been numerous complaints since it was launched back in 2010 uh, about the way this thing was controlled, about the safety standards. There we go. But, but here's the thing. Not, but people still Niall, went on us. <laughs> Niall, you know? I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with Darianne on that point. 
I mean, but it, it, you have to understand the, the people involved that went down on this craft knew that there's no oversight body. There's nobody to say, nobody comes in and does inspections on this craft and says, uh, no, I'm sorry, we can't let you go down with that situation. You know, we're not allowing that. that. But you, the people on the Titanic and that other no, ship no, I no, talked sorry, about. No, no, sorry, Ann, well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the people on the Titanic. I'm. I'm speaking specifically on on this issue. The disclaimer that was signed by each individual that went down. It was quite clearly specified that there's no oversight body. There is no oversight body to say like there, there are oversight bodies for almost everything in life. You know. Yeah, cars have to comply with a, with a particular standard. Uh, hair dryers have to comply with a particular standard. You know, water water faucets have to comply with particular standards. But this thing, there was no standard applied. Now, if I was going out on a holiday or going away anywhere, and I arrived out at an aircraft and I found, well, actually, they've 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 changed the tires on this small aircraft and they're using the tires from a car. And, do, you think yeah, the, do you think the paperwork was written in that way that those people, come on, whoever is in charge of that, whoever very on, they are responsible. And what is it, Darianne or Darianne? Well, if they signed something and they said, uh, written on the paper, for example, was it's at your own risk. Well, then they're yeah, responsible for nothing. They're the not point. responsible. You can't, but you can't the hold point. them responsible. I, listen, hold on. I, I know the point you made. I know the point you made. Hold on. No, I disagree with the point you made. Can you just hear me? I walked into a restaurant today. I had my three-year-old grandson. His mother was sitting over with the new baby. I went up to get two glasses of water. And while I was standing there, out of nowhere... One of the glasses absolutely exploded, and it happened. One of the shards happened to cut my 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 grandson's tiny little cut in his face. Now, what we did was we made sure that the the general manager of the particular place went to the health and safety, looked into the temperature. These glasses were just brought out from a washing machine or a dishwasher, so the company. Somebody's responsible for that happening. Now, thankfully, myself and the young lad, we could have been destroyed and ended up in the A&E, but we didn't. So what we did was we tried to make sure that it ain't going to happen again to anybody. And I will say, I'm not going to name them, obviously, but the people were brilliant and they are going down that road. Now, that could be down to the manufacturer of the dishwasher. But those people going on that ship, if there has been complaints in the last number of years, why haven't they... That company, and, and I mean, I'd be the first one to look in and see who that company are and who they are taking 250000 per person and then getting you to sign, well, we don't have life jackets, we don't have, the, you know, you can get on a plane in Dublin if it said, we don't have life jackets, we don't do safety. You just don't do it. Okay, well, listen, I've run out of time. Listen, Derianne, Maureen and Martin, thank you very much indeed. This has got a lot more time than I actually had planned to give it. Uh, and I've only got about five minutes left and I do want to get the opinions of an expert as well in relation to this because we did talk earlier on, um, I, I, oh yes, we were talking to Wasif Naeem from Queen's University 
And I want to speak to Timothy Hiltong Choi, who is from Alberta, and he's a fellow at the Canadian Global Institute and PhD in Naval and Maritime Strategy, and he also joins me in this. Uh, good afternoon to you, or good evening. I'm not too sure what time it is in Alberta, by the way. Um, so good evening, or nice of you to join us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I'm all the way on the other side of the pond. So what is the, I, I'm assuming you're watching this and following this, and, and you probably know a lot more than most of us in relation to the technicalities of this. Where are they at right now, and is there any hope whatsoever? So I think with the biggest sign of there being some hope was the recent revelation that they heard some banging sounds, apparently once every 30 minutes, um, detected by one of the sonar buoys, which are, you know, kind of like act, passive sensors that the that one of our Canadian aircraft, anti-submarine aircraft, dropped into the water. Um, and so, you know, because it's every 30 minutes, they know that it's something that is uh, artificial. Mm-hmm. It's not just the sub, you know, just the submersible being caught up in, say, some rogue fishing nets that's just banging around. So, you know, that gives us some hope that they're still alive down there, that the, the structure is still intact. Um, and, you know, that there's still, of course, some hours left. Uh, and and the, so from that sonic, there. from that sonic boy, can they detect how far away from the sonic boy the the submersible may be? Or does that, could that be hundreds of miles? Or does that narrow it down to like a four or five mile radius? Or, or how does that work? I think it'll be somewhere around in the order of, you know, a dozen, several dozen uh, miles or okay. kilometers. Uh, because the ocean is made of very many layers of water. Um, so there are different temperature layers that really dictate how far and, you know, in what way the sound travels. And so you can't just assume that just because you hear something at a certain level that it is exactly from this particular distance. Mm-hmm. And especially a case for something like this, where it's probably just the guys inside bang on the inside of the hall with, you know, their Xbox controller. And, um, you know, you don't know how loud a sound that makes um, and how deep they are. You don't know because of that, uh, which how far the sound travel before they uh, reach the sonar boy. Yeah, and this so is the thing that surprises everybody. Of course, BBC and Sky News over here reporting, you know, that this, and I've seen some of the photographs, it is literally controlled by a $30 Xbox controller. And it looks like <laughs> the most basic is submersible I have ever seen. And they spoke to a recent passenger and there's photographs and it's horrendous looking. It's like the inside of a, you know, a hot water boiler tank. There's nowhere to sit, yeah. nowhere to lie. You kind of lean against these mm-hmm. curved walls uh, with your legs in a crab-like position for 12 hours. And it's less than four degrees. It's freezing cold. And somebody's sitting there with like what looks like an iPad screen and a controller. I mean, why would you want to put yourself in that situation? It's bonkers. Right. Because I guess it's just that there's so few other options out there for, you know, the so-called intrepid. And I would say, you know, overly burdened with wealth uh, <laughs> to actually go for an opportunity to do something like this. You know, mm. most oftentimes you need to be an actual researcher, an actual academic with an actual purpose to go down there uh, to do something like this using one of the research submersibles, which are, of course, actually rated by uh, national and international agencies to make sure that they actually meet uh, international standards for safety. Something like this, you know, they signed that waiver at the beginning saying this is an experimental thing. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but then it comes down to a point, well, yeah, sure, you know, people are allowed to build whatever they want, but perhaps, you know, at some point we need to ask ourselves, uh, you know, countries of the world that maybe we should regulate these things too, because, uh, yeah, sure, they're operate only international waters. And so that gives them some leeway, um, a loophole, as it were, but maybe, you know, that really shouldn't be there. And yeah, I mean, look, it's all well and good if you're doing this for research purposes and it's experimental, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're starting to sell tickets to tourists, essentially, rich tourists, uh, you know, then you have a bit more responsibility because these are inexperienced people who are just going for the thrill, I suppose. I mean, I don't know, you are you have a PhD in Naval and Maritime Strategy. I'm sure this would interest you. Would you go down in it? 
no, I, no, I, you know, I absolutely would not. When I first heard about this, I was like, okay, yeah, so it's probably like a professionally built uh, submersible. You know, there've been, you know, about several dozens of these things built over the last several, uh, last several decades. And you know, I imagine there'll be plenty of backup systems, a lot of support, and everything. And then I looked at that report uh, that CBS did, you know, from the last couple of years back, and look at it. And I was like, oh my god, absolutely not. You <laughs> no. couldn't pay me enough to go on that thing. Hell no. <laughs> no, I, I, I just looking at the photographs. I was, I was actually taken back because I was expecting something more professional, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah. so, uh, something with money spent on it. But it certainly doesn't look like it's professionally made. It looks like it's been made by somebody in a, you know, some sort of steelwork fitting factory somewhere. But anyway, b- besides that, what do you think, honestly, the possibility of finding this before, now I don't know if it's our time or your time, tomorrow, midday tomorrow when the oxygen runs out. What do you think the chances are? I don't think the chances are particularly great. Um, even if it is something that wants to be found, this object is still fairly small. And, um, you know, this is, I'm not quite certain because it's really highly classified, but most sonars, I think, work best against, uh, you know, steel objects. And this one is apparently made of carbon fiber for a lot of it. So um, perhaps, uh, you know, any active sonar that do do use, end up using, perhaps it's not reflecting as well as they should. And, um, you know, the uh, apparently the darn thing doesn't even have a distress beacon or a automatic distress uh, system. That attached. blows so, my mind, you know, that, by the way. You, yeah, would, you would imagine yeah. with the yeah. money that's being spent <laughs> and these people are paying, you would imagine that it would have some sort of, I, as I explained to somebody earlier on, if I lose my phone, I have find my iPhone. You would, you would imagine <laughs> it would have some sort of beacon out of it of some description. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even some sort of like automatic hammer that's like a wind-up clock or something that you know just hangs away for a while automatically. You know, or somebody, something that you can release right from the outside that just goes to the surface immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems yeah. very logical and basic. <laughs> or, or somebody else mentioned a speaker outside that even plays a song yeah. or something. I don't know. You can imagine <laughs> something like it's, cra- yeah. it's crazy. But are they a hundred percent sure that it's still intact and still? Oh, I don't think, uh, you know, they haven't made it clear at all uh, as to what they think the state of the device is. I mean, they can't even locate it. So without doing that, um, I don't think they can safely say as to whether the thing is uh, Because they're just, they're just kind of point. surmising that it is, I suppose, really, aren't we? I'm, yeah, I'm, based, based on, you know, and I'm just surmising based on the fact they heard the banging from, uh, you know, I don't know how many hours ago now it is, uh, whether it's still happening or not. Um, you know, pretty hush-hush about this kind of thing. Well, look at the millions that's um, been spent yeah. around the world, but people donating stuff you put value on, and the people that are res- trying to do the rescue operation at the moment, and the amount of money that's being spent currently, and the amount of time and effort and other people's lives that are now being put at risk to try and find this thing, I suppose, to some degree. I think that's going to be the end of this kind of carry-on and this kind of, I don't know, these kind of little trips down to the bottom of the sea, uh, for tourists anyway. I think I don't think it's going to be happening well, anymore. Well, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, at least with, uh, you know, all the space efforts, you know, SpaceX, whatever, mm. you know, they have a lot of heavy government backing behind it. Um, and so they got a lot of eyes over their shoulders, you know, but for the seas, you know, it's out of mind for them and a lot of uh, uncertainties and people can build these things in their backyards. They think it would go down to whatever, 100 meters or so, uh, and then, you know, cross their fingers and hope they come back up. But, um, you know, for, you know, this whole entire search thing really shows just how limited the resources are for anything that goes wrong here. Ships are slow, right? You know, they yeah. take days to get to one of these places. And then once they get there, do they have the equipment to find it? You know, a lot of the ships that we send out there uh, right now, you know, the Coast Guard vessels, well, they're not meant for hunting submarines. They don't, you know, don't have their advanced sonar systems that go down there uh, through the different layers of water to hear things properly, to send out signals properly. Uh, they're mostly science vessels, um, and you know there's there's utility to that too. 
um, you know, doing the science work to make sure you know where how the water behaves, especially as climate change is happening. You're not quite sure the water is as warm or as cold as it used to be and where they're supposed to be. Uh, so that's still very important stuff to make sure that when you do have a sonar in this area, that it actually works the way you expect it to. to. Um, mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're still limited by what kind of assets you have in the area. And, of course, for us, you know, Canada was sent basically the only thing right there that has an underwater detection capability. Um, that was, of course, okay. the aircraft, the CP-140. Uh, well, well look, we, we wish but. them well and we hope they find them. I, as you say, you don't hold that much hope. As I said, they've only got about 14 hours of oxygen left now at this stage. Um, you'd imagine this day yep. and age, by the way, they would have something that could produce oxygen reasonably easy. But, however, that hasn't been the case. Um, and it's probably five or five people who who know they're going to die which is probably a shocking yeah. experience and a shocking way to die, to know yeah. that you're going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. But listen, uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Timothy Hiltong Chai, thank you uh, for coming on the air and talking to us tonight. And I really appreciate it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.